I'll start off with a funny story. Um, I was brought up in a Baptist church. I went along to um, a Baptist church in Inverness. And when the minister was retiring, he, he had a lunch. And I asked him, um, what's the funniest story? You must have lots of funny stories. And he was sharing some of them. I said, what's the funniest story you've got um, from your time in being a minister? And he said that one day he was, um, one Sunday he was praying and it was to end the service. So it was the prayer at the end of the service. And this particular church has a balcony at the top. Um, so everybody bowed their hair, head to pray. And this one man at the top had a wig. <laughs> and his wig fell from the balcony onto this little lady's lap. So she was mid-prayer and saw this wig, on, opened her eyes and saw this wig on her lap. So she looked up and she looked around and she saw the man in front didn't have much hair. So she thought, I'll save the embarrassment and I'll just pop it back on his head. So then he opens his eyes and he turns around and thought, where's this hair come from? What's going on? <laughs> he must have thought all his prayers had been answered at once when he got this. And the minister's probably trying to keep the prayer going. So it always stuck with me. But this morning, we're going to be continuing our mini-series in prayer that Thomas started three weeks ago. He provided a wee introduction to prayer and a framework for that practically. And if you've not heard it, we'd love you to check it out online if you were on team um, or you missed it for whatever reason. We'd love you to check it out online. So the Bible tells us um, a lot about prayer. And what I want to look at is how to pray for each other. My favorite topic. One of my favorites. Um, but the Bible tells us that God always wants to draw near to his people, to reduce the distance, to be near to us. And we often find that when we take one little step towards God, that he runs towards us. Do you ever find that? He runs towards us. Um, so the truth is that he longs to meet with us. And you might be here doubting that. You might be unsure of that this morning. But the truth is that he longs. And we see that time and time again in the Bible. So we're going to open the Bible at James chapter 5 is near the back of the Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, it'll come up on the screen anyway, so I'll just read. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you will be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Prayer changes things, doesn't it? And we see that time and time again in the Bible. And we see that today as well. And there's so many examples of prayer in the Bible. In Second Chronicles, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. And in Ephesians 1, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glory and glorious inheritance in his holy people. And again, later in chapter 6, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So we're told again and again, I could go on, I've got more, but... There's so much in the Bible at prayer, isn't there? And God wants to involve us. 
He chooses us, and he could do it without us, but he loves to take us along for the adventure. It's his ministry, and we get to partner up. Everybody gets to play. And that's something we say on a Sunday up here quite a lot. Um, And you'll notice that we have chances for prayer. Every week we make opportunity for prayer because we value prayer. uh, And we see that as being so important and invaluable. But we don't have a particular prayer team. You won't see um, lanyards with us that say prayer team. You won't see t-shirts either that say prayer team. Um, And that's a really intentional thing. And the reason for that is um, we all uh, get to play or pray. We all get to pray. So we play on words. Um, And we want it to be something that we can all do, that it's just something that we do. And we don't want to disqualify ourselves, well, I'm not on the prayer team. I'll leave that to the prayer team. Um, We can all pray. There's no prayer that's um, more important than the other. We can all pray for each other. So this morning, I want to do something a wee bit different. But before you all panic and run out the door, (laughs) I just want to share a wee bit about how we pray for each other, because it is a massive part of our church. Um, we thought about doing an evening where you could opt in and opt out of this session, but actually um, it's so important to us that we thought it would be great just to have a Sunday where we just speak about it, and then we'll have a little go. We'll have a little practice at the end, but don't panic. We'll do it in little groups, and we're only practicing. I emphasize that word, practicing. Um, so we don't even need to get it right, so the pressure's off. So don't panic. Um, but it's because prayer's for everybody. It's not just for me um, and Thomas, the leaders of the church, or small group leaders. But if you're coming, you're a regular member, then you are the prayer team. You are. I'm telling you now from the front, you are now the prayer team. And similar to if you come regularly, you are the welcome team. We say that as a wee bit of a line, that you're now on the welcome team and you're officially allowed to welcome people. <laughs> but you're officially allowed to pray for people too. And it's something that we want to be a culture, almost just like something that happens. It's just what we do. So it's not just in this time. We have this delegated time to do prayer, um, but it's something that should just happen. It happened in the coffee queue, in the coffee and tea queue. If somebody's uh, chatting to you, a friend, and sharing a problem they've got, then that should be our first thought. Why don't we pray about that right here and right now? Um, If you can't pray at church, where can you pray? That's what I say. Um, you could be on team. You could be in Tots team. You could be on kids team or serving throughout the week. And uh, you've just got something on your heart. There's, you know, and you might think it's not for now. Why not? Why can't you just share that and get prayer in that moment? We want it to become, a, and it is something that we do. We just, we just do, and it's who we are, and it's just what we do. Um, and I want us to feel competent and confident. That's such a nursey thing. Competent and confident <laughs> for student nurses, isn't it? Um, in, in doing that. Um, and even kids can do it. I remember picking up when we moved to Inverness, our eldest had started at the school nursery. And this nursery teacher said, oh, can I ask you something? She said, um, which church do you go to? And I told her, oh, Inverness, Vina Church. She said, do you lead the church? I said, well, yeah, we, we plant the church, yeah. Um, we planted the church, that's so when we moved to Inverness and got to share a wee bit about the story. And then I thought, how did she know that? And she said, I thought, how did she know that? I never told her that. She must have seen it somewhere. She must have seen it somewhere. Um, and she said, um, I'll tell you why. She said, um, somebody fell in the garden today. A wee girl fell in the garden. And your wee boy decided to run over and offer to pray for her leg. <laughs> I thought, oh, brilliant. He knows how to do it. He's doing the stuff. And he won't know any different. I thought, how amazing is that? That that's just what he does. And it's just what they do. And they won't know any different. How amazing if that's your experience. Uh, of church. So yeah, from the youngest to the oldest, we can all do it, we can all get involved. 
And there might be some of us who've come from other churches, other ways of doing things, and we've never been in a church like this before, and it might seem a wee bit odd. Um, so it's just to familiarize ourselves of how we do it in Inverness Vineyard. And just thinking about church as well. Um, it's more, for us, it's more than church. It's actually family. It's not a business. It's not a family business. It's not a church. It's actually family, isn't it? And I love that word. And I was pondering that word for um, a wee while this week and just thinking, what does family mean to me? For me, it's safety. It's a place of safety. It's a place where you can take off your shoes and put your slippers on. It's a place where you can be comfortable with the people that you love. And you can say things, can't you, that you wouldn't maybe normally say to everyone. And that's what I want and we feel and, and, and God wants the church to be a comfortable place, a place that we're more than just a crowd, that actually we're a family and we can share and we can bring, bring our problems on a Sunday and we know what to do with them. More than that, we don't just take on each other's problems, that'd be terrible, and wander around with these weights, but actually we know what to do. We're going to the right place, to the right people who know to bring you to Jesus, to say, let's point you to Jesus, let's pray about this. Yeah, and just like family, we all have different experience of families, um, there's different ways of doing family, different ways of cooking in family, maybe chores, maybe different um, priorities as a family, they'd all be slightly different, and no way's better than the other, um, it's just a slightly different way of doing things. Similar with church families, there'll be different models of prayer and different practices, not that no way's uh, better than another, it's just different, isn't it? And um, these are some tools. It's not a, a formula as such, but just some tools that might f you might find helpful in praying for one another. And ultimately, our, pr our heart is that you meet with God. And we know that a moment and a word with the Father can change so much, can change your life. And that is what we long for that you won't just come out of here and think, that was a good word, I feel uplifted today, that was great, and you go about your week, you do your week shop, but actually that you go about different, and it, it has a knock-on effect, almost like dominoes, as you knock, it kind of overflows into your week, into what you do, um, how you operate, how you speak of yourself, how you allow God to speak to you, you, you off operate differently when you meet with Jesus. So that's why we long to create space for that. And to have moments where we step back and we ask God what he's doing and be obedient to that. So it would just look like um, getting alongside one another, maybe two people praying for one person. And um, yeah, just, just letting him take charge. We call it ministry time. Um, but yeah, we just want to demystify that. And it's just praying for one another. And the reason why we need filled up, the reason why we need filled up by the Holy Spirit is that we leak. We all leak through our weeks and, and we're all human, don't, aren't we? And, and, and we can be filled up once, but um, that's not enough. We carry on, then we leak. We need to keep coming, keep coming to Jesus, keep coming to springs of life and to be filled up by him. So it's a refreshing moment. Yeah, so can I just pray for a minute? Is that okay? Or are we just... Um, come before you, God. We thank you that you long to meet with us, with each and every one of us, that you know us so well. You are our creator, our father, our God. Would you just help us to love each other well? Give us wisdom in that, Lord. Would we be found and known as a people of prayer, a people who come to the door of heaven, who sit at your feet, who wait for you, 
Amen. So there's five um, practical steps I want to just take us through, if that's okay, um, for praying for one another. The first is stand. So we stand in the authority of God. It doesn't matter um, that we are imperfect. We're all imperfect fallen people. Um, and you might say, well, I I'm, I'm, don't feel great today. I've had a really bad week. I've done some pretty awful stuff. And I really shouldn't be praying today for somebody else. Um, but I've got some news for you. It's not about you. It's not about you. And uh, that's the pressure. The pressure's off. It's all about our king. It's all about our savior. It's all about God. And it's not about us. And I often think that the pressure's off. It's not about us trying really hard. Oh, let's pray for this person. Um, it's actually about leading them to Jesus, that he can do it. And we stand in the authority as Christians and believers. We stand in his authority. And we were singing about it earlier, weren't we? That we're children of God, that we're actually a family, that we are heirs and co-heirs with Jesus, with Christ Jesus, who died for us, that we can stand in that authority. And as you stand under his authority, you also stand under the authority of who lead this church, of, of Thomas and I, of the ways and the models of methods of praying. Um, as we've been around churches and movements such as Soul Survivor and Vineyard, we've had the um, seen that this actually stuff helps us facilitate and make space, and it do, it's a really good way of doing things. So let's say someone comes for prayer, and we'll call them the receiver because they're on the receiving end of prayer. So they come for prayer, and um, usually I would say, is there anything you want to say? And they might say something, and they might not. But I think that gives the, gives the um, yeah, implies that you can reshare, or you might not want to share. They might say nothing at all, which is absolutely fine. But it's important for them to be able to relax. And usually I would ask them as well to put out their hands, if possible, to put their hands out just as a way of receiving. And I guess it's a bit like when a child gets a present on their birthday or at Christmas, they would put their hands out eagerly, wouldn't they, to take all of the present. They would want it to be theirs. And similarly for us um, with God, it would just be a way of receiving. Let's receive all that God has for you, all the gifts that he has for you, all that he wants to uh, impart to you. Just receive if possible. So we really want them to be as relaxed and as comfortable receiving as possible. And part of that is how um, you praying for that person make them feel safe and secure, like in the family, safe, that you're in control, that you're respecting them, that you're going to protect them in that time, and they'll feel safe to be able to meet and, and allow God to do what he wants to do. And then I would ask, is it okay if I lay a hand on you? So just to let them know. And if appropriate, I would put a hand on the area of pain, their arm or their leg or whatever it is, um, just to lay a hand and bless what the Lord is doing. Sometimes as well, um, I might put a hand on their back, on their lower back or over their ears. Perhaps it's something that they've heard spoken over them. Um, and it's really helpful just to, to put their hands over their ears, just to, just to declare the truth over them. Or it might be over their forehead. It might be over their heart, might be into their hands if they're receiving and you, you sense that God is, uh, is imparting something into them. I would maybe put my hands into their hands or into their stomach. And the more that you pray for people, the more that you get a sense of what, the God, what God's up to. And it's great. He allows us to take part in that and he allows us to, to have a look in, almost checking over his shoulder. And I would encourage you to keep your eyes open as well. I'll speak about that again, but just so that you can see them when you're praying. And we would ask that you pray for the same sex, so ladies for ladies, men for men. 
simply because we don't want anything to get in the way of that person being able to meet with God. And when you stand with someone, we'd encourage, them to encourage you, if possible, to do it in pairs. Two heads are better than one, usually. Um, so we'd urge you to do it in pairs and in partnership as well, and to be family. And they might share something, and we want that space to be confidential. We want them to feel really safe that they could share something. So it must be confidential. You don't then go and speak about it to anyone else in the coffee queue or small group or anything like that. Um, but if it's something that is going to cause them harm uh, to themselves or harm to anyone else, then you must not keep anything to yourself. You must come and tell Thomas and myself. But if they share something and you think, actually, they need somebody in their life at this time, that's quite a lot to be sharing with me and to just pray about. I would maybe ask them, have you told anyone else about this? Is anyone else aware of this? Um, are you journeying with anyone else? Have you been going along to a small group? And just encourage them. Have you spoken to them? You should maybe speak to them about them. And then I would maybe, if I knew who their small group leader was, I would maybe say, oh, which, I wouldn't tell them what it was, but I'd maybe say, oh, it might be worth just checking in with so-and-so at the moment. I've just I've been praying for them. And I wouldn't t say any more than that, but I would just let them know that they should maybe have a wee conversation. Just so that we do this well, just so that we love each other, our heart um, is, is for each other. We would hate for anyone to be left out, to be overlooked, to feel like they're in this alone because we are a family, aren't we? And we do this together. So that's me side note. So stand and stop is the second point. So this is counterintuitive, uh, isn't it? Clearing the decks, making space, asking the Father what he wants to do. And it's not um, a stopping doing nothing. It's a proactive waiting. It's a waiting um, on the Father to come in that space. And I guess that's the main point. Yeah, I've underlined it. So I would say, that above everything else, if you forget everything else I've shared this morning, don't rush. I think that's my main thing to say. Do not rush. And I've often found in times of ministry, praying for people, that um, it's in the waiting. And sometimes I've been tempted to think, oh, you know, nothing's going on here. Maybe they're, they're, they're ready for their coffee. They look a bit, um, maybe they're finished praying and, and receiving prayer. But when uh, we've waited that wee bit longer, God just goes a little bit deeper or he shines a light a little bit brighter or speaks into a situation that wasn't there before. So I would urge you just to not be afraid of the silence as well. We don't need to fill um, every gap. I guess if you are with someone that you feel really comfortable with, if you think of someone that is really dear to you, you would be okay with silence, wouldn't you? You would be able to sit and enjoy um, some time together, and you wouldn't feel the need to constantly be talking. And there are other opportunities to, pray, uh, to talk, but I guess this opportunity is, is, is okay to be with silence, just to be with that person as they're meeting with, with God. Okay, and the next is listen. So try not to talk, as I've said, keep words to a minimum, um, and just to be sensitive to what God is doing, to what the Father is doing with this person. So you might say a little thing like, um, Holy Spirit, we thank you for this person. We thank you for them coming to prayer. We just um, ask Holy Spirit, you would come and meet with her now. And then you would just wait. And you might just say a little prayer here and there, but on the whole, um, we don't do much talking, simply because we want God to be coming. We want the Holy Spirit to be speaking into the heart of this individual. We don't want to be talking. Can you imagine we're talking all the time? The Lord's like, now just be quiet. That's enough. I've got something I want to share. 
And sometimes it's completely different. The Lord takes a completely different curveball that that person might be coming. I remember praying for someone in Aberdeen, and they came for prayer. Um, they had a sore toe, and we were praying for that. And then um, I just had a sense and a picture of her teaching, and she was in her the swing of it, and she was excellent. And I was thinking, wow, she's an amazing teacher. I knew nothing about this woman. Um, and then I said, oh, that was just weird. She said, she's not asked for prayer about being a teacher. Pray for her, Joe. And then um, I said to her, I thought, no, I must say, I must say. And then I, I kept coming, is this you, Lord? And I'm dialoguing, is this you? Is it just me? Should I say this? This could be terrible. And then I thought, no, no, I'll say it. So I said, I just have a sense that God's saying, you know, he's made you to be a teacher. Um, and she jumped back and she said, oh. And um, she said, I was just thinking of leaving my job um, and I'm a teacher. And I said, no, you must stay with it. I just had a sense that God's got more for you to do there. You must stay with it. And she went on to join us in a site, to cut a long story short, um, to join us in a site, and we became great friends. And she continued to teach. Um, but that was completely um, different for what she actually came to get prayer for. So sometimes God does that. And he can do that, can't he? He's God, and we're not, so it's okay. Um, yeah, so if something does, it might drop into your head that wasn't there before. It might be a word like that, maybe something completely random. It might be a song, it might be a verse, and um, you're not sure. Maybe pray into it a wee bit more. Maybe have that dialogue with God. God, is that for them? Is that, is that just something I've got in my head? And if it is something um, encouraging, it says in uh, Corinthians, if it's strengthening and encouraging and comforting, um, so way up against that framework, if it's all of these things, then, then say it, then do it. You know, what's the worst that can happen? We can just say, and I would usually say, this may be from the Lord, it might not, um, <laughs> but I'm just putting it out there and I'm being obedient and, and I've sensed this and I have a real sense about this and you just put it out there and, and, and be okay with getting it wrong as well. That's okay too. So yeah, we do stand, stop, listen and look. So look, um, it's keeping your eyes open. So usually when you pray, we keep our eyes closed. Don't we? We're taught that from a young age. So it's a wee bit different. But we would encourage you just to keep your eyes open. If you're receiving, to close your eyes, obviously. But if you're praying for someone, to keep your eyes open. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess that's just with your physical eyes. Um, sometimes you can see spiritually what the Lord's doing when your physical eyes are open. So it's always good to be able to see them, to see their face either from the side or the front maybe. And we might just see that the Spirit is resting on them. We might just see a peace come over them that wasn't there before as you begin to pray. Something, sometimes something physical will happen. I remember when we began um, the process of speaking out the journey of coming to Inverness and church planting, we'd been praying and, 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 and wrestling with it for a long, long time, a long, long time, and nothing had ever happened. But as I began to speak it out in groups, and people particularly were praying for me, um, I'd never experienced it more than I have then. So that's why I'm sharing this example. It felt uh, like a birthing, like childbirth, it felt like pains, growing pains or something I described it as, and birthing pains, and um, it happened on one occasion, um, and I tried to just, I don't know what happened again, I'd be fine, I don't know what that was, and then it happened again, and every time people were praying for me, it was so painful, I thought, oh, can we just move already, um, I remember saying to Thomas, and it happened for a wee while after, again, and it settled down, occasionally it will happen again, but 
It was that just something within me was rising up. And as our leaders prayed for us, uh, as the other site pastors prayed us out, um, it was only them, so I didn't have to worry. It wasn't too embarrassing. But there was something coming through us, a new birth, a new ground being taken, something new that the Lord wanted to do. And of course, I, I, I didn't question it because if the God of the universe, a God my Father, God my Savior, God my friend, um, you know, comes and meets with us, human all of us, of course there's going to be a physical element, of course there's going to be, and I didn't really care, I'd gotten over that, um, and I didn't really care what that was going to look like, I cared more um, about coming here and what God was wanting to do, and to stand and to walk in, in line with that. Anyway, that was a digression. Nothing to be afraid of, <laughs> I told you I'm terrible. Um, not surprising really when we meet with God, yes I spoke about that. So, as you prayer for some of the physical stuff that might happen, so you might have a sense of peace that they might have a sense of peace that you've never seen before. They might be crying, uh, sobbing. There might be tears. There might just be one tear, just one tear falling from a cheek, or a flickering of eyelids. That can often happen. Um, shaking, shaking the of of arms or shaking of body, laughing, shouting, falling over. All of this stuff can happen. And we must be okay with that. That's okay. I remember taking a couple of kids to the toilet in, in Aberdeen and someone had just, someone was falling on the ground. They were chatting about it in the toilet. And she said, do you think she was okay? She was lying on the ground. And the other girl said, yeah, it's just the Lord. <laughs> and I thought, how amazing is that? That's just, their, that's just their experience, isn't it? They're just okay with it and it's fine. I love it. I love the snot and the tears. The messier, the better. Bring it on. And I would say, be careful with tissues. Um, just a side note on that. Sometimes when people cry, we want to get tissues and we want to just make it all fine. We want to hug. We want to stop them from crying. But I think be okay with tears. You know, the Lord is doing something. If they're, if they're okay with it, then you be okay with it. If they're getting embarrassed and sort of trying to, to get themselves together, um, then by all means offer a tissue or um, mop up the snot. But if they're, okay, <laughs> if they're okay with it, then we must be okay with it. Um, and some of us, I think, need to get over ourselves a wee bit. I think sometimes we care too much, don't we, what other people are thinking. And to be completely honest, um, nine times out of ten, you know, if you were at the front seeing when the Lord is moving, everybody is just meeting with God in their own wee thing. It's just between them and God. Nobody else is looking, oh gosh, it's what's happening over there, or look what's happening over here. They're just meeting with Lord, and everybody's thinking the same thing. So we must be okay with that, just to put you at ease. And I've got a wee quote here. It's from um, Christy Wimber, which was John Wimber. John Wimber founded Vineyard, and it's his daughter-in-law. So that's where the quote comes from. But I just liked it. I loved it. It says, she said, It matters a little if you encounter the Holy Spirit, if you shake, shout, and fall over. But what matters is if you get up and do life differently. If the encounter doesn't lead to real change in how you do life and leadership, it means nothing. Wow, love that. So we desire the change in our lives, and sometimes that takes a wee while to figure out. Sometimes we don't know what the Lord's doing, and that's okay, and then sometimes later down the line, we know what it is. Or we might ask somebody, what is God doing? Can you pray, pray into that? I don't know what it is, but there's something going on here. And sometimes that does take a while as well. And the last point I've got is Speak. So as I said, you don't have to say very much if you're praying for someone. 
Um, if you talk a lot like me, you might have to bite your tongue. <laughs> Literally, I've had to do this many a time. And uh, keep words to a minimum. Or quietly speak in tongues. And then when we feel the time is right, we pass on what God's saying, what we feel the Lord might be saying. Also, it's okay to cut in and see uh, how they're getting on. Um, you might have someone coming for prayer and they've got their arm folded and they've come and they're really angry and they've come for prayer. And, I, and somebody's asked you, could you go and pray for this person? And you've looked at them and thought, really? Are you sure they weren't going to the toilet? <laughs> okay, I'll go for it. And you say, are you okay? Did you want to come for prayer? Yes, I did. Do you want to say anything? No, I don't. And they look really angry and closed up. Do you want to put your hands out? No, I don't. Okay, that's fine. Let's just, let's just pray. Let's just wait. So you're praying and you're waiting. If you had your eyes closed, you might not know that they're still looking very angry and they've got their, eyes clo- their arms folded and they're just looking really angry. If you have your eyes open, you can see what's going on. And you might say something like, I have a sense that you're, <laughs> I have a sense you're a wee bit angry this morning. <laughs> no, you might not say that. I have a sense that you're, are you feeling anything? You might say, are you feeling anything right now? <laughs> It's okay if you're not. Um, and they might say, no, not feel anything. Never feel anything. And people pray for me. So you say, okay, why don't, why don't we pray a wee bit more? So you pray a little more and they still look really angry. And then I remember say, why don't we ask God to show us why you're feeling a wee bit angry this morning? So then you can pray into that. You can say, is there something that you can think of that might have made you angry to feel like this this morning? <laughs> And then they can maybe, so if you've got your eyes open, you can dialogue a wee bit and you can pray into that. And they might say, yes, so angry about such and such. And then you can say, well, why don't we bring this to Jesus? Why don't we pray about that first then? And then you can get over that and then they can relax into it and you can kind of journey with them a wee bit. Um, Obviously, it's not a big conversation, but you can just, are you feeling anything? Um, And I would say once the receiver has, you know, opened their eyes as well, they might open their eyes and say, you know, thank you very much. I feel really well prayed for going to have a coffee now. Thank you. Bless you. And that's great. And they can go and, and finish up. Um, if the receiver is still receiving prayer, stay with them. It's often, you're often tempted to wrap up the prayer as you're praying for someone. But I would just encourage you, uh, where possible, to stay with them until they feel ready that they're done. So does that help? A wee bit about what's helpful, what's not helpful? Yes? No? Maybe. Right. I'm going to get a wee volunteer to do a wee demo. Becca, why don't you come up? Give, let's give her a wee cheer. Becca's going to come and help me up the front for a wee minute. Okay. Right, let's say, right, Becca has come, and she's been, you weren't limping, but let's imagine that you were limping this morning. <laughs> and that's something else. It's not to assume. So you, 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 Not to assume as well, I didn't mention that, but to say, oh, you obviously want a pair for your leg. We've all been worried about you, Becca. You've been limping for weeks. <laughs> is it your leg you want prayer for so yeah it might be that it's a leg but it might not so just allow them the opportunity to get prayer so we'll see is your hand right okay so becca um do you want to say anything no okay <laughs> that's fine are you feel, could you put your hands out do you feel able to do that and just receive okay so here's um an unhelpful way to pray um, so she's come for prayer about her hands. Oh, Lord, we see her hands. We're really worried about her hands. We've been worried. We've, we've seen her playing on the keyboard. We're really worried about them. <laughs> They're not working as they should. Lord, we pray for her hands. 
God, they're not working every day and we're all worried about them. How does she manage? How does she manage? Lord, would you come and heal her hands? Heal her hands, Lord. We just ask that you would come, that you fill her hands. We've all been so worried. How does she manage every day in her job and in her work? And how does she do things? She must be really difficult. And you're talking constantly because you can see this is quite a yeah, overload of words. So we wouldn't do that. We encourage you not to do that. And another way we can uh, pray for people sometimes um, is killing it with words. And another way we could do it is, um, yeah, oh, Lord, we pray for her hands now. The Spirit is coming. I can feel it. Can you feel it? It's coming. Oh, here it comes. Heaven, invade her hands. Invade her hands. Invade them. Invade them. Invade them. <laughs> Come on, Lord. The power is coming. Do you feel the power? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming through me. Now it's coming through you. It's coming. And you're shaking her and you're shaking her. <laughs> and you're not going to feel very comfortable there, are you? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to show a video. Mike Pulavachi does this far better than I do. You have to YouTube it. Mike Pulavachi playing for Andy is hilarious. Um, okay, so here's a helpful way maybe to pray. Um, why don't you just put out your hands and receive prayer? Lord, we just thank you for Becca. Spirit, would you just come? And we wait. And that's it. Well done, Vega. Let's give it a cheer. <laughs> Thomas is glad he's not in the room. I was going to pick on him, and it wasn't going to be kind. Anyway, so we're naturally supernatural. We say we're naturally supernatural. We make it a natural thing. That's just what we do, and it's a culture. Okay. So I think I've gone through anything. So what we're going to do now is we're all, can we all agree that um, we can trust one another, that we can practice, that we're okay with making mistakes and getting things wrong? Are we up for that? Yes. One or two, one or two. So why don't we stand? <laughs>